This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c One of the biggest things and the first thing I ever talk about in parenting is trying to look back at your childhood and the things that worked and what didn't work and remembering that the things that didn't work can really trigger you when you become a parent. So whether it's the whole concept of being disrespectful or, you know, tantrums or behavior or boundaries, you're going to remember some things from your childhood that can positively or I'm going to use the word negatively impact your parenting relationship with your child. So all of a sudden you look at your three-year-old son and you kind of think back to when you were a child and your parent was standing in front of you. And it's a weird, bizarre feeling, but it happens. And that is why it's so important to self-reflect. And to me, that's the first way that you can start to not take it personally, right? I said that, you know, not taking it personally is the goal here, but it's easier said than done. I tell you, don't take it personally. Okay, well, Dr. Mona, how do you not do that? The first thing is self-reflection. It's understanding, well, why am I triggered? What is it about the situation that's triggering me? Okay, I'm feeling triggered because I'm feeling disrespected. Why do I look at it that way? Is it that I don't understand that this is normal child behavior? Is it that my parents told me that this was disrespectful behavior? Is it because society tells me that this is disrespectful behavior? But look at my child as a whole. My child as a whole is not disrespectful. My child as a whole is a three-year-old learning about boundaries and learning about how those boundaries, you know, interact with their wants and desires. And when we can look at child development and tantrums in that lens, we're not going to have those moments of frustration as much. Welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast. This podcast continues to grow because of you and your reviews and ratings. So thank you for tuning in, for sharing these episodes, and for all of your love for what we talk about on this podcast. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I talked to Kaylee. She is the mom of a three-year-old, and she feels a little bit disrespected when her child doesn't listen. Hey, Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. So tell me, what is on your mind today as a mom? Well, thanks for having me. My three-year-old is, I don't want to say he's not very good at listening. He listens when he wants to. And it's very Mm -hmm. frustrating when he doesn't listen. I want to word it when I think he should, because obviously my perspective is different from his. But it's like, simple things like it's time for bed or it's time to eat or, you know, just those day-to-day like routine things. He has decided, no, I don't want to, or he just doesn't respond at all. (laughs) And I'm just at the point where I'm at my wits end, honestly. (laughs) I mean, what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. And what is, so what would be the hardest part of this? Is it like, what's, is it frustrating? Is it, do you feel disrespected? Like, what is it, if you could put it into like a phrase that you feel 
in those moments when your three-year-old is not listening? I want to say I feel disrespected. I think that's probably the best way. And that might be because we've really been working with him on like respect and what that means. And just if you ask him, he'll say, oh, it means listening to mommy and daddy and picking up my toys and like basic things. But then he doesn't listen. So I'm like, I kind of feel disrespected from what I've taught you, you know. And this is a common feeling that I think any parent listening can relate to and anyone who knows a child can relate to. And the first thing I want to mention is that when you're feeling this, it's really hard in the moment to feel this. So I'm not asking you to feel it in the moments that you're feeling disrespected, but I want you to look at Lachlan, your child, as a big picture here. And I want you to focus on the things that he did do right in that day, or he Mm -hmm. does do right, generally speaking, with their understanding that some days may not be perfect. You know, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, even five-year-olds, you know, after five, they get a little bit better at listening, quote unquote. They're not doing it out of, and I know you know this, out of disrespect. They're not doing it to make your life difficult. They're not doing it because they're trying to be bad. They are just really trying to learn about their behavior and what their (laughs) behavior will cause their adults to do. And that is what it kind of is, right? Their all child behavior is a, either a mirror of what they're feeling or it's them trying to test or learn about a situation with their parent. If I throw a fit and it's because of my mom took away my the iPhone as an example, and I keep throwing a fit and she hands me back the iPhone, I have now just learned that this is a boundary that's not very important to my mom. And if I cry enough, I'll get back the iPhone. So they're constantly learning about their environment, learning about boundaries. And then they're doing this not out of disrespect, but out of just pure child development. And when I find that when you can start to highlight the right, even in your head, but also to Lachlan, right? Lachlan, Mm -hmm. really great job putting away your toys. I don't expect him to put away his toys every time, but it programs their brain to understand that, oh, wow, mommy gave me this positive reinforcement and highlighted the right when I did it. I should probably do that more. And then when they do something we don't love, which will happen, we don't give that behavior as much attention as we do the wanted behaviors. And that is really hard to do when you feel disrespected, which is why I asked that question, like, what does it make you feel? Because we have to get Mm -hmm. to a point where we can look at our child and the behaviors they're doing and not take it personally, which, oh my gosh, I have a two and a half year old at the time of this recording when he stares me in the eye and just drops something after I said, if you drop it, I'm taking it away. Right. (laughs) And you're like, dang, like, dang, you're not listening. But remember, they're not doing that to basically like get you upset. They actually are just trying to see if they do it, what is going to happen. They are constantly learning about their environment and boundaries. And so when we can remove that, this is a disrespectful thing, we can actually make more breakthroughs because then we won't take it as personal, right? Anytime we take anything personal with a child, with a partner, with a coworker, whoever it is, it's going to be harder to move through that moment and move through to make, you know, breakthroughs. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that because I have tried to be more aware of that in the moment. And especially he started this thing where he goes in a second, mommy. And he got that from me because he would ask me, you know, he'd say Mm. mommy or something. I'd be like in a second or like, give me a minute or whatever. So now he started saying that back and I'm not like, I can't be mad about that, obviously, because I say it to him, but it's like, he's almost doing that on purpose to see how I would react to that. But Mm. it's also frustrating, even knowing that information frustrating to me, because I'm like, 
are you kidding me? Like, can you just do what I asked? And then that takes me back to my own parents. And I'm like, oh, well, that's how they felt when I didn't do something that they asked. And oh, yeah, that's a, it's a tough feeling. And you brought up the uh, very good point about it brings you back to your childhood. You know, one of the biggest things and the first thing I ever talk about in parenting is trying to look back at your childhood and the things that worked and what didn't work and remembering that the things that didn't work can really trigger you when you become a parent. So whether it's the whole concept of being disrespectful or, you know, tantrums or behavior or boundaries, you're going to remember some things from your childhood that can positively, or I'm going to use the word negatively impact your parenting relationship with your child. So all of a sudden you look at your three-year-old son and you kind of think back to when you were a child and your parent was standing in front of you. And it's a weird, bizarre feeling, but it happens. And that is (laughs) why it's so important to self-reflect. And to me, that's the first way that you can start to not take it personally, right? I said that, you know, not taking it personally is the goal here, but it's easier said than done. I tell you, don't take it personally. Okay. Well, Dr. Mona, how do you not do that? The first thing (laughs) is self-reflection. It's understanding, well, why am I triggered? What is it about the situation that's triggering me? Okay. I'm feeling triggered because I'm feeling disrespected. Why do I look at it that way? Is it that I don't understand that this is normal child behavior? Is it that my parents told me that this was disrespectful behavior? Is it because society tells me that this is disrespectful behavior? But look at my child as a whole. My child as Mm -hmm. a whole is not disrespectful. My child as a whole is a three-year-old learning about boundaries Mm -hmm. and learning about how those boundaries, you know, interact with their wants and desires. And when we can look at child development and tantrums in that lens, we're not going to have those moments of frustration as much. And I say as much because there is going to be some frustration for sure, (laughs) but we can kind of take it with a little bit of stride and understanding that it's not personal. I see that you're having a moment. I'm going to give you your moment and being very, very consistent and following through with the boundaries that you want. And we'll get into an example. Tell me like a situation that this happened, maybe like the last time this has happened, I think you even mentioned that it might've happened before the recording of <laughs> yeah. when you felt disrespected because I want to go over how we can tackle in that situation as an example. Okay. So probably one of the most common since I am a working mom, when I come home, he has already had his dinner and he's playing. And then I'm kind of always the one that says, okay, it's time to go take a shower and get ready for bed, which doesn't bother me until he says either no mommy, or he ignores me or he says in a minute. And it just kind of gets like, I guess, maybe it stems from that's like my first disciplinary moment with him in Mm -hmm. the evening. So it's like, ooh, that stings when he doesn't want to do what I ask. Also, because I don't know how he was for his father for the last couple hours that I wasn't home. But it's very often that he will, (laughs) he either just flat out ignores me, or he will say, no, not right now. And I'm like, well, I think in my head, I'm like, well, we kind of got to get it going, get the nighttime routine going because we got to go to bed at a certain time. But he doesn't obviously understand time. So I've started to try to be understanding of that. And I've actually started recently using a timer instead. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask him, I'll say, hey, it's time to get ready to go shower and get ready for bed and just kind of wind down for the night. And Typically, like I mentioned, he says, no, I don't want to, or no, not right now, or no, I'm not ready. (laughs) And I want to be respectful of that boundary just as he is a person also, but because it's a bedtime routine, I started saying, okay, well, I'm going to set a timer 
for five minutes, for 10 minutes. Like I'll just make up a random number. Yeah. And at first I would say it and then just not actually set a timer, but he got really smart on me and he started saying, well, the timer didn't go off <laughs> because <laughs> I would say, oh, in 10 minutes, the timer, yes. you know, I'll set the timer for 10 minutes. And then in my head, I'll just tell him in 10 minutes, like, okay, it's time to go. And he's like, oh, the timer didn't go off. <laughs> so I had to start setting the timer on my phone. And now he goes, can I see the timer? <laughs> yeah. like, he can't even read it, right? But he still yeah, has just... to see it to know. And so I think that just adds to the frustration because at the end of the whole thing, I'm like, why can't you just listen? Like, right. I mean, what else do you do? <laughs> Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. So this is a great thing. And I'm happy that you brought up the timer example, because it is a very important tool if you use it correctly. So what's happening here is a typical toddler, especially three-year-old who wants to be in control of his evening and his choices. Okay. So what you need to do is very matter of fact, and they can sense when things are not matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example. Okay, Lachlan. It's time for bed. Okay. Hey, Lachlan, it's time for bed. Turn off the TV. Like you see the difference in like a statement versus a question, right? So first of all, (laughs) make sure that any boundary, it's a statement, right? And that you are going to commit to the statement. Like I said earlier, you are deciding your boundary as a parent. And for your situation, it's bedtime routine starts at seven o'clock or after dinner. It doesn't have to be on a time. It can be like, you know, after a certain you know, dinner or you watch a TV show, whatever it is. But yes, when you decide as a parent that it's bedtime, it's bedtime, you know, and you're not disrespecting your child. You know, you brought up that comment that you want to respect his wants and needs. 
sleep is a healthy boundary. So there are certain things that we respect, right? Like if they don't want you touching down below, right? Like then fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can kind of respect their um, body autonomy. But going to bed is a healthy boundary that's good for their health, right? Like that is something that needs to happen. And we want to be very consistent with that so that we teach them that this is something that's very important, similar to brushing the teeth, right? Like even if a child Mm -hmm. doesn't want to do it, it needs to happen because it's important for their well-being and whatnot. So it's important to speak very matter of fact. And in this moment, we need to give Lachlan some control. So rather, you have two options here, a few options. Rather than you setting the timer, he sets the timer. So he presses the start button so that he has control over a situation where he feels like he's not in control because he doesn't like it that you're telling him what to do because (laughs) he wants to be the one who decides, right? So you can't let him decide because then he'll sleep at 10 p.m., right? So you're (laughs) saying, okay, Lachlan, you want to press the timer? And then you don't tell him how many minutes. Say, you can set the timer for five minutes. Press the button. When it goes off, we're done. And then now you gave him some control. Another example is one we use, which when Ryan goes to bed, right before bed, we watch Wheel of Fortune and he turns off the remote. He has to be the one who turns off the remote. Any person who watches it from the outside could be like, wow, why is that kid so perseverant about turning off the TV? But that (laughs) is his control. You see, like he feels under control in that situation that it's not, even though mommy's the one who's starting bedtime routine, I am the one who turned off the TV and I'm making a choice to go upstairs. (laughs) So I want you to try to find a situation where maybe we can give Lachlan control. Obviously you are making the final boundary, but whether that's, um, you know, turning on the timer, like press him physically pressing the button, turning off a TV or whatever it is, you know, him having some resemblance of control because three-year-olds, they really like that power. They want to have and show you that they have autonomy. Autonomy meaning they are in control of their desires and wants and schedule. But it's a balance because I respect it, sure. But there also is some understanding that we do have to create some consistency and they can't go to sleep at 11. I mean, I wish that was a reality, but it's not healthy for them to sleep at 11 p.m. for the rest of their life as a three-year-old. So you are doing the right thing, right? Like understand that your boundary is healthy. And let's give Lachlan some control. What other strategies have you kind of tried in those moments with those transitional activities or, you know, when he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, what have you done? <laughs> My child is very stubborn. I have a he stubborn child that too. from his mother. So yes, yep, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm very um, much like that. My, I agree with you completely. And I resonate with yeah, that a lot. So it gets really hard, especially, you know, after you've worked all day and it's like, some days I just come home and I'm like, why can't you listen to me? Yes. So I've tried to be intentional with my reaction to his response, such as like getting down at his level and okay. making him look at me and talk to him, not demeaning, but just, and probably not even matter of a fact, honestly, but more just like, you're going to listen to me, you know, like more, it honestly, it comes out of frustration most of the time, but I try to be just more intentional in that response to him instead of there was once a time when I would yell about it you know I would get so mad that it's like why can't you just listen to me and I would lash out and obviously that's not productive and I learned that real fast (laughs) and so I will get down at his level I'll look in his eyes or at least make him acknowledge my existence Mm -hmm. and state whatever it is Lachlan we need to go take a shower right now so that we can you can watch your show after the shower and we can wind down for bed together, but we need to go get in the shower. 
because my child prefers showers to baths. So it's always a shower. And he's fine once he gets in the shower, but it's a whole fight to get him from whatever he's doing, which most of the time is playing in his room, to the shower. And so I've realized if I just talk to him as a human and just Mm -hmm. say, okay, we're going to go get in the shower and I look at him and I make that eye contact, I feel like it helps a little bit. But there's still that frustration and fight there that I don't know how to navigate. And at the end of the day, it's even more frustrating. Because then, you know, you think about it all day. You're like, oh, great. Now I got to go home and get my kid ready for bed. And he's going to fight me about it. And yes. It's like, once you get in the shower, you're so happy you play for 20 minutes. Like, what? what is the big deal? And exactly that, that it is, even though we don't see it as a big deal, and or we're like, wow, why are you so upset about this? Like, I use the example <laughs> yeah. of like, again, going back to a child who refuses to brush their teeth. I'm like, there's nothing dangerous about this. It's not hurtful. Like, why are you so yeah. upset about this? Like, as an adult. We do these things, but we also have to respect the fact that for a kid, it can be like the biggest thing in the world for them, right? Their world is so much different than ours that what we look as not a big deal is actually a huge deal to them. And sort of, you know, putting ourselves in the shoes of the child, I'm sure you've heard that. I love that you get down to his level. That is one thing that I really, really love. It does not mean that they're going to listen, but what it does (laughs) psychologically do for the child is make them feel that you're on the same team. And that you're not talking down to them. And imagine if me and you are having a conversation, I'm speaking down to you, right? Like I'm sitting above and you're sitting down on the ground and I'm just saying, hey, Kaylee, it's time to go, you know, do this. And you're going to be like, why is she like looking down on me? Getting down to the (laughs) level, it psychologically, I think has a huge impact on them listening over time and feeling more of that eye to eye connection versus like, I'm being told what to do. Of course, you're still telling them what to do, but I do feel like it can help. Now in the moment you said that you have to get him upstairs, has he ever obviously screamed and cried as you go upstairs to the bath or shower? He will cry and he'll Mm -hmm. throw his tantrum, which, you know, by the time they're three, it doesn't really bother you as much, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) So I just kind of let him have his moment and I start the shower and I go on with the routine So I start the shower and then I tell him, okay, the shower is ready before it starts getting cold. Like you want to get in there while the water feels good. Here are your toys, like kind of that distraction almost. He has so many toys in there that I pick one and I'm like, oh, let's play with this today or like try to make it enjoyable, I suppose, in a way. Mm -hmm. And he will sometimes he'll keep crying about it. But then I just keep going with the routine. I'll get him undressed. I'll because like I said, once he's in the shower, he's fine. So it's like. I finally got to the point where it didn't feel so bad to like move along the routine. (laughs) You know, the first few times it happened, I like felt horrible. And I'm like, well, I don't want to force him in the shower. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to do all these mean things to him. But then I realized he's just a three-year-old and it's okay. And so I kept the routine going and I feel like that's helped me in ways, but it's still like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is that the best way? Am I doing this right? Like, he's still not listening every day. So it kind of feels defeating almost to like have the same thing happening every single day. And like I mentioned, he's so stubborn that it's like, is it ever going to stop? Am I going to have to use a timer forever? Like all these things that come up as a mom. So I just feel like about this time when he's going to bed, it's like, did I do it right? Did I like ruin him did you know like 
<laughs> it's so silly coming out and talking about it. But I know that like so many moms think it. You're just like, did I handle that correctly? Like, is there yeah. anything else I could have done differently? Listen up. I do not want you to go through the toddler years waiting for it to end. I don't want you to go through the toddler years feeling dread about when the next tantrum will come. If you have a kiddo one to four, check out my toddlers and tantrums course. This course contains modules on understanding toddler development and why they are the way that they are, understanding why tantrums may happen, mantras to get you through difficult moments with your toddler, including topics surrounding understanding discipline, boundaries, consequences, time ins and time outs, how to teach emotional intelligence and coping skills, and common toddler parenting concerns like whining, brushing battles, bedtime battles, hitting, and so much more. This course presents scenarios and scripts to help guide you on many parenting situations in the toddler years and even beyond. Visit pedsdoctalk.com to learn more about my paid and free resources, including the Toddlers and Tantrums course. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And again, I'm so happy that we're talking about this, not just, you know, this whole series with this Monday mornings with Dr. Mona, with having you all come on. It's not even just about, okay, do this and it's going to work. I like to hear the feelings. Like I like to hear why this makes you frustrated, why it bothers you, what you're feeling, because I feel like when people can talk about that and hear about that is when we can actually make the biggest changes, right? If I just tell you, oh yeah, like just go your routine, fine, without talking about the feeling behind it, it doesn't have the same effect. And so yeah. number one, it's not going to be forever that you're going to have to use a timer. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you this from all my experience, <laughs> he is in an age where this is very common. Now, things that are going to help is what I already mentioned earlier about continuing to highlighting the right stuff that he's doing, right? So when he is listening, quote unquote, or doing things that he was told to do, right? Yes, yeah. that's an obedient, quote unquote, child, but saying, hey, Lachlan, like I said earlier, thank you so much for putting your toys away. That is really great helping the family, right? Like not like you don't have to do like a whole red carpet, whatever, but just verbalizing yeah. that you recognize the things that he is doing so that it, again, those positive neurons in his brain are clicking all the time. And then the third thing, when you're going through that kind of chaos of you've had a hard day, you're trying to stick to the boundary, you're wondering if you're doing the right thing, your child may or may not like the boundary, throws a tantrum, all the things that you mentioned, try to bring playfulness into it, right? So playfulness, meaning when he's crying or kind of, you know, going up the stairs, like stomping his feet, like a little bit upset, say you're a big monster, right? Like, and just kind of be <laughs> playful as he goes yeah. up the stairs and just pretend like you're a monster with him. Like, again, making him laugh, is actually an okay thing to do when they're upset, right? Because it's a good coping skill, right? Like we're trying to teach yeah. our children good, healthy coping skills and laughter and humor is a healthy coping skill. So I often use 
playfulness. When Ryan doesn't want to brush his teeth, I go, I'm just going to sing you a big song and give you a big, big hug. (laughs) And I make a funny voice or I do a funny gesture and he may or may not laugh or he'll be like, mama, stop. Right. But it brings levity to a situation that I know brings us stress. And don't, I've been there, you know, even if you had, you know, you work outside of the home or not, it is exhausting when your child doesn't just do the routine that you know that they're capable of doing. We know this, that Lachlan can do this. He's just making it difficult, but that's not what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the toy thing because he goes to preschool. So we know that he picks up his toys, right? Because we see him do it when we pick him up. And so then at home, he gets all these toys out and he's playing and, and we love that. And we let him, you know, have free reign of the house and it's great. And then it comes time to pick up and he's like, no, I don't want to. Or he'll go (laughs) when he turned three suddenly was like, I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what <laughs> you do you know don't how. know how yeah, yeah. no and so, so then on one hand you're like how do you even respond to that and on the other hand you're like this is so frustrating because you do know how like I see you do it at school every day <laughs> so it's such a battle to like resolve I don't know this struggle with them like well and that's, is it that's just an at-home yeah. thing like is it yeah a that's thing? yes and that <laughs> imagine like you are going to be on your best behavior with strangers when i say that like yeah you know you go to work i'm gonna be honest like just say you had a really hard day at work you're likely not going to lose it on your coworkers, but then you'll go home and you'll lose it on your partner or you'll lose it on yeah. your family right like when i say lose it like yell get frustrated right you're not going to yeah. do that with coworkers, and i'm using his daycare as coworkers, as this example, right? Yeah. So in this situation, Lachlan is going to be on his best behavior. Most children are. And then they have what's called restraint collapse. They come home and they don't want to do anything. They throw more tantrums because the whole day they were being so obedient and listening and doing everything. You know, you get the check marks like Lachlan ate yeah. all his food and he listened to the teachers and da da da. And yeah. they come home and they're like, well, no, I just want to let loose and I feel comfortable with you. So if you want to reframe this, yeah. look at this as Lachlan feels super comfortable with you. I know it's annoying, <laughs> but he feels super comfortable with his mommy. And that is why he's acting like this. But we are very knowledgeable. We are having this conversation. We're not going to let it get to us and consume us where we don't consistently hold the boundary, obviously add some playfulness into it, like I mentioned. But you are right that this is very common for children to do after school childcare where they've been on their best behavior. And, you know, in that moment, the playfulness can really help. You're doing everything right. You know, I don't want you to ever, I know that that guiltiness feeling of like, oh man, but like, I should have maybe done it this way, or maybe I should do it differently. I think you're doing a lot of great things and I want you to continue being super consistent and continuing highlighting the right. One thing I will say is we know that Lachlan can put away toys, right? So just say he's not, you can sit there calmly when he's saying no. And you can say, I really think that you're really great at putting away your toys. Let's show me how you put away your toys. And he may say, no, mommy, no. And then you can (laughs) just sit there and wait for him and say, you know, let him put away the toys or let's do it together. And sometimes I will even take Ryan physically like not drag him, but walk him and take him and say, let's do this together. And I'm not changing my tone. Like it's very, there's a little levity in there, even though in my brain, I'm like, dang, can you just put away your toys? But I'm bringing (laughs) this as like, sometimes I physically have to bring him to the toys. Right. And because that's part of the expectation and the routine of our home that we clean up after we play. And sometimes he puffs and, you know, doesn't really want to do it. But I say, (laughs) okay, well, we're going to finish this. And then I applaud him and really thank him after, even if it was not done the way I envisioned. 
I think that's what we have to really remember as parents as sometimes they're not going to do things exactly how we want, or maybe in the time frame that we want them to do it, but really celebrating and just verbalizing that, Hey, I saw that you did it. Same thing happened today with Ryan. He wasn't putting away his toys and he started throwing them. I said, Ryan, you're going to, you're going to go and pick up your toys. Okay. And we're going to put that away. And it wasn't like, come on, Ryan. And don't get me wrong, Kaylee. Like many times I want to yell. Like, I mean, I think we are exhausted as parents because we're (laughs) spending so much time trying not to yell. That by the end of the day, we're so tired, right? You're like, oh my gosh, like I just want to like be like, Kent, how come you're not listening, right? But we tend to have restraint collapse after our child goes to sleep because we're trying to keep it together for the entire day with them too. Yeah. And so recognizing that, that our feelings in those moments are completely normal and, you know, getting through that, whatever that boundary is, I would try to be very consistent. So if you think that your boundary is cleanup is important to you. That is something that's very important for our family too, that before Ryan goes to sleep, I want him to see that we are cleaning up before he leaves that room because I want him to know that this is something that we do in the house, right? That mommy's not going to clean after you go to bed, that you're going to clean with me. And sometimes it means he doesn't like it. Sometimes it means I have to walk him and I playfully like hold his arms and, you know, I make funny sounds and I'm like, let's go. And I do that. But that's the boundary that we decided that was extremely important to our family because I, again, I want him to realize that cleanup is a good part of the household, right? But I'm glad you I, mentioned that. Yeah. The joke in our house is, oh, mommy's going to pick up Lachlan's room. Like I clean it up when he's hanging out with his dad at the end of the day. And it's kind of, I guess in a way it adds to my frustration because I'm like, he's yes. wholly capable of doing this. But then I had that like moment in time where I'm like, I just don't want to fight. You know, I don't want to yes. hear that. No, I don't want to clean up or you clean it up or just whatever it is that day. And it's like, it's comforting to know that if I just hold the boundary, it'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, if we let a three-year-old control that boundary, right? Like, so just say he says, no, mommy, I'm not cleaning. Okay. That's your boundary. Cleaning is the boundary, correct? So if we Mm -hmm. let the three-year-old control the boundary and he is not cleaning, we have now reinforced that, okay, this wasn't an important boundary and it's okay if you don't clean. So What is so important if that boundary is important to you and your partner, and that's why it's so important to self-reflect on your childhood and also have a conversation with your partner on what boundaries are so important to you as a couple and in your household, because other families could be listening to this and they're like, eh, it's not a big deal if he doesn't clean up. It is important to my family. So that's why I'm Mm -hmm. having this conversation with you that you could have another boundary that I'll be like, yeah, that's not a big deal to us, but that is your family. You get to decide what boundaries are important to you and stick to that to the best of your energy and ability, because I get it. Some days you're like, I don't want the fight, but that's 20% hopefully of the time that you don't stick to the boundary. We want to try to create consistency because we know he's capable. I know he's capable. You just told me he is, but he's choosing not to because he wants to assert his control and kids are wild. They're going to do that. And we are smart. They are very smart, but we are much smarter in knowing (laughs) and approaching it from a way that's not, you know, anything more than, You're just being a kid who is trying to learn about boundaries. I am being your parent that loves you so much. And just because you don't like this boundary doesn't mean you don't love me, right? Because I think what happens is when they start to get upset or we feel like, like you said earlier, oh, well, you know, he didn't like it or, you know, he didn't want to do it. We feel bad. But that boundary is a healthy boundary. Cleaning up is a healthy boundary. I mean, taking a shower is a healthy boundary. You're doing everything out of love and for the betterment of the home, right? None of the things you're saying is detrimental to a child. It's actually building the child's ability to clean up after themselves, take a shower, clean themselves, like all things that I look, I love and value 
as someone who loves children and obviously loves discussing parenting. So really want to normalize that and applaud you for doing all the things that you're doing so well. I think at the core of it, it's definitely what you said. And I'm glad we had this conversation was it's you feel almost bad for not allowing them to say no and letting them make that decision. You know, like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, I respect that you know how to say no. But yes. Like at the same time, I have to uphold the boundary in our family and teach him what that means. And in the same way, I'm teaching him how to respect me and his father. I want to teach him how to respect our house and our relationships and our home and things like that. And we forget that in day to day life. 100%. And I, again, I love having these conversations with all of you to kind of normalize the feelings that we feel as parents, which is what we did, and also normalize child development and not give them a pass. Because yes, I know you're not going to use the timer forever, but I don't, you know, people often talk about this being a phase. I think it is a phase, but I also think there are things that we can do, like we've already discussed in this conversation, so that it doesn't become a permanent phase. It doesn't become the new normal in your household, because I think that is also another important concept when we say, oh, yeah, he's just a three-year-old, or if you use the term (laughs) teenager, right? Yes, those (laughs) things are very valid and very common, but there are ways to say, I'm not going to make this a permanent thing that you are going to just throw your toys and never clean up after yourself. And I'm going to create this sort of understanding in our home that this is important. I'm not going to get, you know, riled up about it as much as I can. And that is (laughs) when I think you're going to make the biggest breakthroughs with this whole experience. And what would be some of the, I guess, take home points of this conversation then for you that you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to start doing that tomorrow. I think one of the biggest for me is realizing that we all act a certain way, I suppose, during the day. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you had brought that up is that like, we put up this front, you know, for our coworkers, and then our home is our comfort. Like I'm one of those people who loves being at home. So I kind of let it all out when I get home. (laughs) And that's probably part of my frustration with him. And so being able to allow myself space to um, work through that when I get home from my workday, and then also allowing him space to work through that because his teachers do talk really well about him. So I know that he's like keeping something in while he's there. And as much as it's so frustrating that he listens to them and not me giving him that space to work through that and not getting so upset about it. I think that's going to be really important for us. And I know, you know, going back to the first thing that I mentioned, I know, you know, that Lachlan is a great quote unquote kid. And what the school sees, I know you see too, but we see as parents, we see the other stuff, the more meltdowns, all of the stuff because of the restraint class that I mentioned. But that is why that highlighting the right and always trying to really remember the good things that Lachlan does. When you go to bed each night, one thing that I really advise, and I always tell, you know, on my Instagram and other podcast recordings that I've done every night before you go to bed, I also have had those days where Ryan drives me up a wall and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just so (laughs) tapped out. Like I'm so tired and of all the meltdowns, the nose, especially as he approaches two and a half, right. It's getting very, very prominent, but I always write, I actually write in my diary and I write something really great about that child, right? Like what do I really love about Ryan? Because of course we all love our children. We do, but I want us to go to bed, putting it out into writing or into the world that yeah. I love Ryan so much because of X, Y, and Z. So that will always stick in our brain versus the yeah. 10 minute meltdown versus the you know <laughs> stubbornness, because all of these things, like you said, are qualities that we also possess. So we could do a whole yeah. other episode on how a child who 
mirrors your personality traits is going to be more frustrating to you. It's so I know frustrating. This. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you see yourself in that child, you're gonna be like, dang, I like, how do I navigate yeah. this? I don't, I don't yes, even like this about yes. myself. Like I, and now, I now I'm seeing it in a pint sized version of myself. Right. <laughs> but it's also important in this whole psychology of parenting, like how we approach our past ourselves and the moment yeah. is so much more than what our child is doing. It's how we approach it and that mentality. And I think, you know, I think that's going to really change um, how you approach every night now. Um, it doesn't mean that he's not going to, you know, or it doesn't mean that he's going to do everything perfectly and clean up tomorrow. But I think the yeah. levity and all of this is going to really help just kind of make it that this is what we're doing. And I love you. And, you know, I know you don't love what I'm telling you to do, but I really do love you. And I know you're always going to remember that when I give you a good night kiss every night. Yeah. As you were saying that, I just thought like, I'm able to go to therapy. He's not. So yes, it's like, yes. <laughs> I need to give him the space to feel his feelings and it's okay, but we still have boundaries and that's okay too, because I, you know, I wish somebody had taught me boundaries when I was younger. So yes. I'm super glad that we were able to talk through this and I feel <laughs> 10 times better after a meltdown earlier. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. Yes, we're all in this together. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It was so great to chat. I really loved this conversation with Kaylee. I think it's so important to not only hear tips in parenting, but also to hear why things frustrate us, why we may feel disrespected, because I think it can add relatability to the parenting journey and also lead to more breakthroughs. At the end of every Monday mornings with Dr. Mona episode, I tie the episode in with three parenting principles. These principles can be applied to other parenting scenarios. But the first thing I wanted to talk about in this situation of feeling disrespect and setting boundaries with a three-year-old. Number one, self-reflection. It's so important to reflect on why we may feel disrespected or feel a certain way, like I mentioned with Kaylee. We have to look back in our childhood. We have to look back at the things that make us tick in order for us to understand why we feel the way that we do. I find that a lot of parenting can actually be very straightforward, but our emotions, our frustrations, our insecurities can sort of cloud our judgment and make us feel like we're not doing a great job. Boundary setting as an entity is actually quite simple. But when our child starts to cry, when they start to throw a tantrum, when they say no, 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 rightfully, we feel bad. We feel upset. We feel like Haley mentioned, am I doing everything right? So it's important to self-reflect on why we may feel this way. When you start to self-reflect, you are going to start to notice that you have more self-insight, you have more humility, and you have more vulnerability in understanding that you are doing the best you can in this journey as a parent. Number two, highlighting the right. I mentioned this with Kaylee, how important it is to highlight the good things that your child is doing. It's so easy for us to get caught up in the, my child doesn't listen, they don't do this, they don't do this. But we know that our child does do things really great sometimes. It may not be all the time, but I want you to really start to recognize that not only with the child and say, hey, I really noticed that you put away your toys. It's really great that you put away your toys. That's really helpful for the home, but also at the end of your day. It's very easy when you have a child, especially a toddler, for you to go through your day and just feel so tapped out or burned out. And at the end of every night, whether it's writing in a journal, whether it's talking to your partner or a friend, or just really reflecting on the day, I want you to highlight the right things that your child did for you. The fact that they did listen or the fact that they, you know, love hanging out with you and love spending time with you because that programs our brain to remember the good. And that way we can also work through the not so easy. 
And the last tip, and of course, I have many more principles that could apply to this situation. Keep it playful. I mentioned with Kaylee that when you go upstairs for the bedtime routine, anytime your child is upset, it's okay to add a little bit of humor. Now, in this situation, you are not making fun of your child. There's a difference between being playful and humorous and also making fun of your kid. So you're not going to, if your kid's crying, you're not going to go, wah, 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 you're crying, you're crying. You're going to make it playful and just tickle them or go upstairs like a monster, like I mentioned. You are going to bring the fun into a hard situation. Levity really helps connect with children. They like to be funny. They like to be goofy. And sometimes we need to add that as well, especially if they're upset. And like I mentioned to Kaylee, humor is a great coping skill. So it's something that is not distraction from their emotions. They are allowed to feel upset, but you need to move through your boundary. And if they're upset, rather than, you know, dragging them and being upset as you move to the next phase of a routine, you are going to add levity to the situation and you're going to start to see changes just by changing the mood in your home. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you loved this episode or the podcast in general, make sure you leave a review and a rating and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me. And I can't wait to talk to another parent next week. Have you heard about the terrible twos or three-nagers? Yes, the toddler years can be tough. There is no denying that any phase of parenting can be really hard. There may be picky eating, tantrums, and struggles with potty training. But there is a lot of amazing things that you will see your toddler do during these years. I want you to enter the toddler years understanding toddler development and behavior so you can better approach tricky situations with your child. With resources on picky eating, potty training, tantrums, and other common toddler behavior like sleep refusal and toddler development, the toddler resources here at Peds Doc Talk aim to provide you with the knowledge you need to, dare I say, find some or a lot of enjoyment in the toddler years. For more on my on-demand courses, make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and check out resources for whatever you need. Have a friend? It also makes a perfect gift. Visit pedsdoctalk.com and click courses for more.